himself. No, actually, talking now to the man himself, Steve Vines. <laughs> how are you? Good morning, comrade. Good to see. You. Yeah, absolutely. It's the nineteenth Communist Party Congress, brought to you by Lenscrafters. Yes, very good, very very exciting. Um, I, as you know, uh, was was <laughs> were very much glued to my screen watching that brief three and a half hour address by the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping. I thought it was a great address. Yeah. I thought every word was a gem. And I'm, I'm out there with those primary school children who had to sit throughout the nation listening to it. Can you imagine having, having a bunch of primary school children having to sit in front of that uh, very, very entertaining and informative speech from, from the chairman himself? But um, Not online, I'm assuming. You know, <laughs> no, no, they watched it live on the television, as I did myself. It was very good. And, and uh, there were many other things that I noticed that I, I, I thought very heartwarming. That strange coincidence of dress. Isn't it extraordinary how they all turned up? They all up? clashed. <laughs> they all clashed. Those red ties. Oh. I mean, I wonder... that It must have been a coincidence, right? They all turned totally. up in the same... And everything else was in the wash. And those were... Yeah, exactly. Everything was in the wash. And then there was the uh, um, little publicised shortage of hair dye in Beijing that hasn't been fully explored, but... Um, it is extraordinary how 90-year-olds all manage to have perfectly black hair. I, I think that's, that's just wonderful. Jiang Zemin added to a lot of the um, <coughs> sum of interest in that particular speech with the picture of him with his mouth wide open, just somehow struggling with the uh, pressure of sleep and listening yeah. all in, well, all he, in he, one he, go. He blew it one year. There was that, that miniskirt. There was that. But we move I on. I don't think we want to talk about that on what air, do we? What happens at this thing that we don't ah, know about? And can you tell me thing? why half of China's internet sites are off? What the heck difference does it well, make? Well, the word ultra-sensitive is being devalued in China because, I mean, it's not just that. It's the precautions around the... Um, the what they call... They always call it the run-up to the 19th... Well, the, to all Congresses. Thank God they only happen every five years. Otherwise, phew. <laughs> it would be more of a challenge, but... I mean, it's everything. I mean, social media um, has been told to, to shut down in case anybody says anything. You know, school websites have been told to shut down. What could they say, though? They, I mean, school websites, honestly. What could they well, possibly do? They could say something wrong. That's what they could <laughs> say. You know, and, 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 you know, factories in Beijing have been closed down because they're worried about pollution. Who knew there was pollution in Beijing? Are they painting <laughs> flowers and grass like they did for the Olympics, really? No, apparently not this time. Okay. Apparently not. And, and also it managed to rain on the first day, which uh, is interesting. Why they can't control the weather is completely beyond me. I thought that was all under the control of, of um, socialism with Chinese characteristics, a word we, we hear a lot of. But what I really like to see during the periods of the Communist Party Congresses, and I, I've seen a few in my time, is, is the squirming by all the um, all these people in their sharp suits that we, we shan't name names, but like Goldman Sachs and what have you, where they have their China desk and they say, you know, you really shouldn't get too hung up about the idea that China is a communist country. <laughs> it's really, you know, it's really... Uh, uh, um, something else. Um, it, 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 those people are very pragmatic, you know. They don't get hung up in ideology. And then you have, you know, the, the hammers and sickles, well, a gigantic hammer and sickle in the middle of the room, everybody being addressed as comrade, numerous references to socialism, um, pictures of my old friends Marx and Engels on the wall. How are they? Um, you know, and, and they're kind of going, yeah, yeah, well, can, can, can we talk about something else because they're very pragmatic pragmatic 
don't you just want to? I, 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 but I wonder what that means. I mean, in in terms of Xi Jinping, who's um, who used the word socialism many many times to describe what he was doing. Now I understand that they're not that fixated on Marxism-Leninism. I do kind of get that. But then yeah. Mao Zedong wasn't that interested in Marxism-Leninism. What he was interested in was a sort of interesting form of Leninism only, which was to do with control of the party and control of the country. I mean, they are Leninists. I do, I do fully accept that. It's kind of Leninism without the rest of the baggage of, you know, redistribution of wealth. After all, China has one of the biggest wealth gaps in the world. It's not, it's not just a big wealth gap in Asia. I thought you? everybody was equal, except some of us are except more equal. some people are more <laughs> equal than others, yes. George Orwell, eat your heart out. But, you know, I mean, what's really fascinating about this is that you actually see, you see a visible manifestation of an authoritarian state at work most of the time in, in China, you're aware of it, and it's kind of lurking in the background, actually lurking quite big time. But at the Congress, it's there, the state power, the rigid control on everything, the fact that the capital has been cleared of people. One thing the People's Party hates is people, it seems. It's people. <laughs> yes, I know. We have to get our minds around that. They used to be called the masses in the old days. They're not called Let me chuck in a, a little quick email here from Pete, because it's on the topic. Right. Pete says, a liberal studies type exam question this week, and he's got a quote from Xinhua, 16th of October, a couple of days ago, discussed. He says, Chinese-style democracy has never been in better shape. And he says, of course, you might, your answer might be different if this question is on the national education paper. It may, well, I, it's China very interesting. Democracy. I mean, one of the things that, that has been much discussed in the official media this week mm. and was alluded to in, in, in Xi's speech yesterday is how um, poor democracy is in other parts of the world. And it certainly doesn't provide that. They keep saying, well, there's not one model for democracy, you know. Oh, no, no, no. We have our own model, and our one works, and the rest of them don't work. I mean, it's interesting that they even bother to play with these words, um, but they do. They always have talked about democracy. I mean, Mao Zedong, when he was busy slaughtering literally millions of people throughout the nation, kept saying he's doing it in the interests of, of, of Chinese democracy. So I thought we didn't like democracy. Is it like Chinese Catholicism? Well, it, it, I, I think it, they like double-barreled democracy, so it has to be Chinese democracy. It's not, not you know, plain old common... You know, it's, it's like human rights isn't a universal value. There's sort of little sections of human rights. There's human rights for Somalia, it's like, human rights for North Korea, human rights for China, and they're, they're, they're all different. They're all different. This is like if they pick the Dalai Lama, that's OK, then. Well, um... Not um, the Dalai Lama, yeah, any Dalai Lama. <laughs> any Dalai Lama will do. Yeah. If you can find one. Well, they have got a spare one. They have got, of course, got their own one. Um, spare uh, Dalai yeah, Lama. They have a spare Dalai Lama. <laughs> this poor kid who He's keeps being paraded around, um... Uh, to international claim brackets not. <laughs> it's funny, they, they're very interested in form, but really interested in content. So the form has no meaning. Yeah. Um, the, 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 those words, Chinese democracy, I always think are very, very humorous. And I, but why, I, 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 I'm wondering, I'll get the joke soon, but I'm not sure that I do. Well, we are just talking about words here and details, but if we despise democracy so much, why even use it in our phraseology? It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But, I mean, it is common to all communist parties. Remember, most communist parties use the word democratic in their titles. <laughs> 
North, North Korea. Korea. <laughs> yeah, the Democratic Republic yeah. of Korea. You got a laugh. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Soviet Union used democracy a lot. You know, mm. the, the Soviets apparently were, you know, the, the committees, i.e. the Soviets, were, were, were themselves democratically elected. The delegates, these 2,000-odd people in red ties, apparently some of them were women. I don't know how that happened. Not many, but there are some women there as well. They don't apparently have to wear the red ties, but they were all democratically elected. I know that. I heard it on TVB News. Is this yesterday. a totally different purpose of this word then, when it's used by countries and well? I mean, like it's it, it, it's interesting. They kind of know that people like democracy, so it's a good word. Um, but but they, they they hate it. I mean, these people hate it. The idea that you can have representative government, i.e. free elections, freedom of communication, blah, blah, blah. I mean, these are all anathema. And, of course, during the Xi period, all of this has gone into reverse. Mm. The, the, the always, always claimed nonsense that you get... Every time you get a change of leader, you had it with Hu, Hu Jintao before, you had it with Jiang Zemin, is they always say, ah, oh, well, the new era under... New era. I've just read yes, it on the screen there on the BBC. The new, yeah. era new era under Jiang, the new era under Hu, the new era under Xi Jinping will be one in which there will be greater economic and political freedom. People keep saying this and it just isn't true. It, uh, it big time isn't true. I had a chat the other day with John Parker from The Economist. He's in Beijing and I said, amongst other things, I said one word from the critics that's being banded around is emperor. What's your take on that one? He wants to be an emperor. Well, I think it's very interesting because you haven't seen this consolidation of power in a single person really since the last one was probably Deng Xiaoping yeah. and before that was Mao Zedong. So that's only three leaders who've had this level of, of control. I think we will see by the end of the conference that, that Jiang Zemin thought will actually be incorporated into the constitution under, under that name. Now, that's only happened with Mao Zedong thought and Deng Xiaoping thought before. You know, it's quite true that every leader... I mean, it's a kind of game. Every leader has their ideas incorporated. They keep forever changing the constitution. It's mm. quite interesting. Goalpost. Well, no, it's quite interesting. They keep saying, well, you can't change the basic law. Once it's been written, it's there forever. Chinese Communist Party's constitution seems to be changed every five years. In, so, in the last um, constitution... That you had uh, Hu Jintao's scientific progress, but it wasn't called Hu Jintao's scientific progress, it was just called scientific progress. The one I liked, of course, and we all have our own favourites, was Jiang Zemin's three represents that went into the constitution. When somebody explains what the three represents are, I'll be a very happy camper. I thought you'd know. You brought I, it up. I, I such still, a disappointment. I still haven't worked out what the three represents are. But anyway, it's in there, in, or it was in there. I don't know if it's there this week. These things keep moving. But to actually have your name on an ideology and to use the word that they're now using a lot, um, uh, Jiang Zemin, uh, sorry, Jiang Zemin, uh, Xi Jinping at the core of the party. Steve. The party's core has always been in the past not so personalised because Communist Party leaders they did learn something from the Mao era and what the main thing they learned was that this uh, personalisation of politics and this glorification of a single leader is just a dangerous thing which is why the, the party but it's not actually in the rules, it's an informal rule have always said well you know after Mao we're only going to have these leaders serving two terms which yeah. means ten years one of the other things which is much being discussed at the moment is the idea that Xi Jinping 
who has who keeps alluding to this that the, the, the redundancy of informal rules as he calls it will be abandoned and he will serve longer than the 10 years that's yeah. a very i mean he's relatively young by the he's standards. put his hand up for it already yes so, yeah. and, and we'll see whether that happens with all this aggressive power base building as that lovely lady on back chat said this morning what could what could possibly go wrong well Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And shall we just talk briefly? I mean, talking about words and, and, and meanings, we we'll talk briefly about what he, he... He did mention Hong Kong and Macau quite a lot. Oh, yeah. In, in four sections of the speech. Astounding success. Astounding success of one party, two... Uh, one party, sorry. One country, two systems. Slip of the tongue there. Oops. Throat's just been cut. But but one of the things that he, he, he talks about is how the central authorities must have, I quote directly, comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong and Macau. And in the same breath says, oh, and they will be given their autonomy. No, but their, well, their meaning of this is comprehensive play- jurisdiction and autonomy all in one breath. It's always been different, their, their, their interpretation of this thing. But you it's know, interesting that, 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 that this is more specific, this, yeah. this term. I mean, they used to just vaguely talk about one country, two systems. Now he's talking about the need for comprehensive jurisdiction. And he's also talking about how the one country, two systems system will be managed organically. I'm not sure what that means. I've looked to experts for an explanation. Organically? Organically, yes. I don't know if that's a sort of foodie term or it's a... Um, um, the the um, an ever reliable newspaper has said that means that it will be liberally interpreted. I don't know where I saw in the speech. What those does that words, mean? It's liberally <laughs> these interpreted. Go- these goalposts are on wheels. They, aren't they are basically? on wheels. I tell you, they're ska- it's like being on a skateboard. It's coming down a hill. You don't know where it's going to head. I tell you what. We've got three or four minutes before we go for our news break. Let's talk about national anthems briefly and fun with flags. Fun with flags. Right. Right. You mean the raising thereof? Yes. yes. And also um, the hoo-ha about the chap in Ledgeco turning these ornaments yes. upside down. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, he, he's now given a self-criticism, thank God. I was so worried about it. I mean, it is interesting. It's, it, it, I still think that it's only authoritarian countries that get this upset about flags. And Donald Trump. Strange that he should also be a person who's really obsessed about the national flag and the national anthem. I mean, you know, the the Russian, the music to the Russian, the, the music to the Chinese national anthem, which was, of course, written by a Russian and is apparently a state secret that that happened. Is that right? Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> you heard it, it here. It is, it is a fact. <laughs> it is a fact. I'll tell you what, us Brits, Steve, we are so patriotic, we and are. I challenge any one of you to tell us the second verse of the English national anthem. Or, or not to have worn Union Jack underwear. Or not to have worn <laughs> Union Jack underwear. That, would, would, that be a, would that be a no-no? Yeah. To wear a Chinese oh, flag underwear? God, yes. God, yes. Because <laughs> it's kind yes. of... I mean, oh. they even... They, you, you know, they're, 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 I mean, you think the uses to which the Union flag has been put in Britain. Underwear isn't the only one. I think you'll find that there are some even more salacious uses for which it has been known to be used. And people say, oh, well, you know, it's not a big deal. It's yeah. just, it isn't a big well, deal. Well, Hong Kong's been busying itself with this for the past couple of weeks. Some might say it's a smokescreen for something else. But do uh, other countries have specific laws about the song? And it was interesting listening to one of the fellows on Back Chat this morning saying, it's actually don't mess with the lyrics. Um, don't mess with how you see it. It's not it. saying boo the football well, stadium. It, it's very interesting. Other countries do have it. Oh, that's in right. Fact. They yeah. do. They do. Um, the Americans have it. It's in oh, the I Constitution. Bet they do. What kind of thing is it there? Is it uh, uh, that it has to be sung respectfully 
um, etc., etc. Well, nobody's going to really get down to a yeah, national but, but, anthem, but, but, are they? You know, I mean, the Americans, God bless them, <laughs> and it does say God bless America somewhere in the in the what's it? Um, you know, they do actually have it in their constitution, but everyone goes, oh well, you know, oh well. There's a lot of oh well, and I think it's it's societies where there is freedom of expression. People are genuinely patriotic. I do think that Americans are enormously patriotic. I mean, us Brits find it embarrassing the extent to which they keep talking about the flag and the national anthem. But we've all been but, to but boozy they, events here where everybody goes, oh, the British national anthem. Exactly, you know, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you know, if your only yardstick for judging attachment to your country is how you sing a song, mm. Christ, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you've hit a low mark in, in achievement, have you not? Started still here with Steve Vines, part the second. What do you want to do? Well, we might just talk about one of my favourite bodies in, in, in the whole of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, which oh, yeah. would be the Legislative Council. Yeah. So he the, talks of nothing else. I, I, honestly, um, I sometimes make Phil for a drink so we can discuss the rules Legco. of procedure in LegCo. It's, exactly. it, tell you, the hours fly by. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> Even with a small sherry in hand. Um, but no, um, seriously though, seriously though, there's, there's a big panic on in the pro-government camp because they reckon they've got only another five months to thoroughly rig all the rules of LegCo before there's a full quota of members. Because remember, at the moment, six people have been expelled from the legislature and they're all pro-Democrats. So at the moment, basically, if they things go to vote the pro-government camp can vote on you know whatever they like because they, it will go through the, the 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 time limit is there will likely be some elections for at least four of those seats held in march hence the five months and what they're trying to do is to limit the time for uh, debates to certain give, debates. For certain debates. To give the President more discretion as to which amendments he can or uh, can, can accept. So at the moment, um, particularly this was Jasper Jang's thing, you know, if somebody raised an amendment, he'd put it on the agenda. But they're now saying, oh, no, no, the President must be able to, um, to, to veto those that he, he thinks aren't right. And they're trying to limit the amount of time there is for scrutiny of bills. So... Basically, what they're saying is, you know, the whole institution should become a much more... They're doing this in the gra on the grounds of efficiency. They say there's a lot of filibustering going on. True. There's a lot of time-wasting going on. Oh, just in the book, though. But the point is, <coughs> the point is, because legislators have so few powers, and let's remind ourselves how few powers they have. I mean, they can set up panels to investigate the government... But officials are not obliged to attend. Officials are not obliged to accept the findings of any of those panels. So that causes frustration. Lawmakers are not allowed to introduce laws uh, which have a bearing on government policy unless the administration approves them. Yeah. The, the legislation... Um, Their only power is obstruction, is exactly. if you think about it. <laughs> and the main power that the legislators have, which is what, what really upsets these people, is to stop budgets going through to stop expenditure items yeah. being going through so what they're trying to do is is eliminate these powers so then you've got actually a totally toothless legislature with very little scope for um being able to put any of its mark on le legislation it's already pretty damn small but that will shrivel in its entirety very little scope for scrutiny very little scope for 
questioning officials. Mm. So, you know, if, if, if the legislature can't do all of these things, all it really can do is become a conveyor belt for rubber stamping whatever it is the administration wants to rubber stamp. Now, the, the, the pro-Dems um, yesterday put forth their own slew of amendments. Not, I mean, you know, let's be honest. The, 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 I, I looked at some of them and they looked... The Chief Justice one is quite interesting. What's the Chief Justice one? With the oaths one? in future. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, actually, that's, yes, it is an interesting one because that makes the, the oath-taking, the thing which has caused all these problems, actually a more substantial, mm. a more substantial um, matter. I don't know how the, the pro-government camp is going to argue against that because they keep saying how important oath-taking is. be interesting, that. But the, the tactics of, of the pro-dems in this particular matter is to talk it out <coughs> and wait for elections. And I think, actually, that's fair enough. I mean, it's outrageous that they are taking advantage of a democratic deficit in the legislature because of the absence of these legislators. And interesting, they they kind of... The the, the pro-government camp kind of acknowledges that they can't win elections because they're not expecting in March to return uh, a a slew of pro-government candidates. They kind of know that they've lost the argument in public so that they have to do this by manipulation, by using the opportunity afforded by kicking six members of the legislature out. Incidentally, there may even be more members of the legislature kicked out in, in, in the weeks to come. We don't know that. It's not exactly because a heyday the, right the now. Purge is, <laughs> the purge is, is ongoing. It hasn't sort of stopped as of mm. yesterday. So they're, they're, they're implicitly admitting that they can't actually win elections. So they have to use a period when elections have been overturned. And remember kicking six people out of the legislature overturns the results of an election. So what they're saying is, while that period, that golden period exists, we've got to rush through all this this changes. They're not actually... Um, some of them are just rules of procedure, they're not legislation. So we'll see what happens with all of this. I mean, I think what you will have, instead of any progress in the next few months, is a total, total deadlock. I think that's the most likely outcome. And, you know, there are people in the legislature who genuinely want to get things done. Mm. But if your definition of getting things done is merely rubber stamping whatever the government proposes, that to me isn't a good definition. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we've learnt from, from the American experience, which is pretty disjointed, is, you know, you have a commander-in-chief and a president who, who introduces all sorts of things, you know, in fact, anything <laughs> he's thought of overnight and tweets about them, then, and then it actually comes to the grown-ups handling it and they say, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, we don't like that, we don't like that. These rules of checks and balances are quite important in any system. It used to be argued that the Americans took it too far. I mean, Obama was immensely frustrated that he couldn't get things through the Congress. But now you see that the system kind of works when you've got a lunatic-in-chief being the commander-in-chief. The one that keeps coming back to bite him is this immigration thing. There's always a judge somewhere who's going to go, well, nope. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, yes, it's the, the building of the wall, it's the immigration thing. As I say, it's whatever he's, he's got excited about overnight and, and, and has tweeted about in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. So, you know, the system sort of works in America. The system sort of doesn't work here. I mean, the, the, the fact that you've got a, effectively a two-chamber, single-chamber, in which the unelected rotten, rotten boroughs have the ability to veto what comes from the popularly elected part of the chamber, it is a recipe for impasse. I mean, there clearly does need to be reform, but I don't think it needs to be the reform of the type that they're now talking about. Mm. 
Personally speaking, are you sort of getting flustered? Because apparently big percentages of the Hong Kong populace don't like this, don't like that, and apparently a lot of them do like the mixed platform and the XLR. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody jumping up and down the bows. It's for you, all you for know, the cameras. And, and, and I don't think people are, frankly... The average Joe in the street is much worried about the procedures of LegCo. I think they kind of think, you know, we've got lives. Yeah. But, but in fact, it does matter. I mean, if oh, you have sure. a government without scrutiny, it does matter. But I can understand why people go, oh, my God, what are they arguing about? What do you reckon about this, you know, because they're to do, we've talked about this before. Their to-do list now of massive projects mm. is really big. And you know how long it takes government departments to do a fairly straightforward project. Well, this is monumentally huge. Except this project, I mean, in construction terms, these big projects have actually more or less come to fruition. You know, the bridge to nowhere. Well, well let's hope no more people die building it is sort of finished. It's not finished, but it's, it's near completion. <laughs> the the high-speed railway is, to all intensive purposes, built. It does need, you know, the terminuses have to be sorted out. These are actually big questions, I know. But there's a whole bunch of these projects. There's I mean, they're, they're, in, they're in the projects. process of, and then there's the West other, Kowloon and da da Then da, there's West Kowloon to be finished. And then, you know, way down the list of priorities is building housing for ordinary people. But I, I suppose that can't really be considered priority mm. when you've got Henry Tang now in charge of the West Kowloon Cultural Hub or whatever it's called this week. And he's sitting there going, basic law, basic law, built and road. All right, Steve, I think it's time, <laughs> enough, for, enough time for a cup of tea. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye, Steve Pines. <laughs>